0: And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com.
2: Hey, Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. What's going on over there, Ben? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, buddy. A Good night. Caught up with an old friend yesterday. Yeah? I've, I've got good energy. Renewed energy. Oh, that's great.
1: I thought you needed some, I thought. You were getting stale. I had a lot of people tweeting at me that Jake was sounding stale.
2: Is that true? No. No, we... Uh, I sound like a lot of things. Yeah, I, people I like our show. Try not for stale. Is that true? That can't be true. the people like our show? I know Megan does, but that's about no, it. No, we I get
1: thought. a lot of tweets, people asking for our podcasts and stuff, and that's not a knock on not having our podcast thing set up. You can find it at Jazz Notes if you catch us here and there. You can just search Jazz Notes right now in your podcast app, and you can find it uh, right there. And Megan does a great job uploading it every day, so we appreciate that. I'm just saying, people reach out. People want to hear the show. People want to find access to the show. So we appreciate that uh, people are listening,
2: of course. Yes, we do appreciate our listeners. That's all I'm saying. But I, I like to think they they hate listen. Maybe. That's fine. That you like things that you hate listen. Like that we we get that. Like there are a lot of Suns fans out there who hate listening to you.
1: Who hate me and f- for some reason follow me on Twitter. I'm still getting it on Twitter. Are you really? I'm still
2: getting Should it. Should we read some more of those today? Okay, yeah, do you want to read this one? Right off the top. Here, let me see. Wet farts greater than Ben Anderson. <laughs> Because I facetiously, facetiously,
1: on April 5th, 2019, so like not that long ago, at a point when we knew Devin Booker was a very good basketball player. Uh huh. I tweeted out because there was a game where Grayson Allen randomly at the end of the season for the Jazz, playing against the Sacramento Kings, a night after the Jazz had crushed the Suns, and Booker played like eight minutes, I think he got hurt and left the game, probably because of Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen came out the next night and scored like 25 points against Uh the Kings on like the fourth to final game of the season. And facetiously, panderingly, to Jazz fans, I tweeted out that Grayson Allen, greater than the little Edie Mouth... Devin Devin Booker Booker. and someone quote tweet. well first of all Suns fans of course found that and thought that that was a very serious take of mine so now that tweet has blown up it has 30 (laughs) retweets and it's 2 years old like everyone knows nobody actually believes that but uh, so some guy said wet farts are better than
2: me AZ Beer Dad on Twitter said that you know what that is so out there I think it says a lot about you if you think that's a legitimate take but I don't know they're a sensitive bunch Twitter's a funny place it's a sensitive bunch of people. So there are a lot of Suns fans hate listening right now. Shout Apparently. Out to the Shout out to the Suns fans out Apparently. there. Apparently. But I appreciate them. And I'll, you know what? We'll get to deal with them again yeah. tonight. You know what? I tell you what. If if I had to uh, to start a team today, would I select Devin Booker or Grayson Allen? Yeah, of course I'm taking Grayson Allen.
1: Who's not? You think so? <laughs> you need an enforcer. You need someone to... Uh, some hurt the opposing
2: team's best player Grayson's your guy you know what Grayson Allen's problem in his career has been thus far Been underutilization yeah I mean he just doesn't I mean if he got the, the run that you know the, the playing time Devin Booker did that's, that's the problem way better player that's the issue way better player
1: his per 36 you look at his per 36 that's all I'm gonna say
2: <laughs> oh yeah and you have to deal with him again tonight that's right. again tonight I that, can't wait that's really love funny this. I think we should think of some way that you can troll Suns fans tonight. Oh. That's what we should really do. We should, we should wrap our brain around that. Best idea for Ben to, to troll Suns fans.
1: Here's the thing. It's going to accidentally... like I wasn't even trolling Suns fans. If you take 17 or whatever, what, 13 first quarter shots, and you take a career or a season-high 35 field goal attempts when you're playing a team that doesn't have its starting five, Jake, 35
2: shots in a game is so many. So many. Just to put it in perspective, Donovan Mitchell, who shoots plenty, averages about twenty.
1: Yeah. So, and I had a bunch, and that was what Suns fans were coming after me for. Donovan Mitchell has done this. I was like, I never mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I never once. I get that, like a, he he works for the team that I cover, but I never once mentioned Donovan Mitchell. I don't know what the, this has to do with Donovan Mitchell, but yes, people kind of, I think, thought that this was a comparison between the two players. I, we know Donovan Mitchell's got his flaws no one's denying what Donovan Mitchell's flaws are either i'm just saying devin booker tried to cook the books by putting up 35 or 35 shots against a horrendously staffed Utah jazz team. A badly underhanded jazz team, or shorthanded jazz team, not underhanded, shorthanded. Uh, and he tried to get his, and it was kind of funny that he wasn't able to do it, but he went out there saying, this is a 70-point Devin Booker night, I'm going to prove a point.
2: Maybe you should throw out a series of greater thans tonight. Maybe that's the way you you troll Suns fans. You Anytime know, Trent like, Forrest scores like a basket. Price greater than Phoenix. Oh. They are. There's a lot of also pride about Arizona versus Dan. Utah. Rather
1: greater than Walter Cronkite. Sure. Find out the greatest Arizonians. <laughs> Who are the greatest Arizonians of all time? This is a really good question. Arizonians. Adam Keefe greater than Dan Marley. Do you know they call it Arizonians, not Arizonians? I would think it would have been Arizonians. <laughs> a Rick list of famous notable Arizonians. Rick Majeris greater than Lute Olson. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing that, going down the line. Yeah,
2: we, I think you could you could do kind of a greater than theme trolling Phoenix. Uh, Malone Barkley, right? I mean, Malone Barkley is easy one. Zion greater than Grand Canyon. Yeah, let's do it. Send us a list. Send us a list right How, now on Twitter. Let's get your best greater than's Utah to Arizona to troll the the,
1: the Suns, Suns fans. fans. Jake Scott Zone on Twitter at Jake Scott Zone at Ben's Hoops. We'll take them all day.
2: Scott Gerard, greater than Ryan Hatch, correct? In inarguably, inarguably. So uh, let's 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 figure out how to get this done. Let's let's trail. Uh, let's help Ben troll Suns fans tonight because they're still going after him and even digging oh. up two year old tweets.
1: Barry Goldwater, a great Arizonan.
2: Orrin Hatch greater than <laughs> Barry, Barry Goldwater. <laughs>
1: I didn't know some of these people were from Arizona. Steven Spielberg.
2: Linda Ronstadt. We got a better director than that hacks. Oh, sure. Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> David Archuleta, greater than Linda Ronstadt. There's a lot. We can go after a lot of these people. <laughs> Hal Ashby,
1: director, greater than Steven Spielberg.
2: Well, this is this is right in itself. You know what? I, I wish you got dragged by Suns fans every day because we've really gotten two days of of pretty fun content. We could even do Stevie
1: Nicks because Stevie Nicks didn't she go to like? Did she go to East High she School? Went to East. I'm so pretty we sure, could say Stevie yeah. Nicks,
2: Salt Lake City, greater than Stevie
1: Nicks born in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> even the same. <laughs> she enjoyed person? her time better here, much than better she did in here. Arizona. <laughs> uh, Mitt Romney, John McCain. Okay. I don't know if Mitt was born here, but they've both served in those states. Uh, how about four seasons greater than scorching heat? <laughs> yeah. See? Tweet us. Let us know. We'll take them. I'm not actually going Here's the thing: I'm not even trolling Suns fans. I tweeted out a stat, and Suns fans were so mad about a number. I didn't even tweet out a stat. I mean, it was a bit of an opinion. It was editorialized, but yeah, the guy was clearly trying to uh, trying to up his
2: numbers in Suns fans. How were. much how much pull pool, uh, pull pool politically do you have around here, Ben? You should you should Me? remind them I'm a lot in South Salt Lake. You should remind them that Utah can cut off the Colorado River from Arizona anytime it darn well pleases. We I'm going to talk to Sherry Wood, my how mayor. Do you, <laughs> How do you like having water, Phoenix? Huh?
1: All right, should we leave these Arizonans alone before they come no. after me again? <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Because I'm afraid they're going to come after me. My mentions were a mess yesterday. All right. Oh, my gosh. I honestly got a DM that said suns in four. I don't what are you What are you talking about? Five star on Twitter? Okay.
2: They're they're everywhere, man. This this is an infestation of Suns fans. How about Andrew Draper, greater than Scottsdale? <laughs> Beautiful Draper, you gotta love Draper, though. Oh, they're they're uh, the the state that's uh, somehow dumb enough to take that stretch of worthless land between uh, uh, Saint George. No, actually, between the Virgin River Gorge and. Uh, Mesquite. I don't know if I've ever been to Arizona now that I think about it. I've definitely ever? never been to Arizona. Have you ever driven from Salt Lake to Las Vegas? I have. Then you've been in Arizona so I, for I about 10 minutes. that corner. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, shave that little corner off.
2: Where they have to maintain the freeway even though it brings <laughs> no, uh, really nothing to their state whatsoever.
1: Mike Scotty Toddy on Twitter. Hot Rod Huntley greater than Al McCoy. Amen. Amen. Rip, rip Hot Rod. I don't know if Al McCoy's
2: daddy probably is. But like leaps and bounds better. Yeah. Hard to argue. All right. All right. We're on it. He's alive. Al McCoy's still alive. 88 years old.
1: God bless him. But I'll still take Hot Rod 10 times out of 10. Our desert,
2: better than your desert. Way better. The West Desert versus whatever you guys have. We got it all. We got Ben Anderson, better than, greater than whatever clowns are covering your team. How about that? You got called a clown a bunch yesterday, I too. I did. A lot of clowns. <laughs> I have- Suns give me a break. All right, tonight uh, the Jazz are are going to kind of have some players back, Ben, for the 8 o'clock game against the Suns. Three of the their Suns. five starters are going to be available against the uh, Phoenix Suns, but not the two best players. Greater than zero of your five starters. It it's a lot better. But, yeah, the, the two most important are still not going to play.
1: Uh, looking at the Jazz, looking at uh, how they've performed, I mean, again, you're trying to go back and just figure out – You know, what does this mean? What are these last two weeks, three weeks, I guess now going back to January 5th, three weeks ago today was when the Jazz played their first game without a player due to coronavirus, and it was actually both Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert who missed the game, and the Jazz beat the Denver Nuggets. But that was kind of the beginning of this rough streak for the Utah Jazz, Jake, and it's been 11 games since then. I I can give you a number really quick on how the Jazz have played in their 11 games without either or both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. The team's 0-2 without both Mitchell and Gobert on the floor during the stretch. That's not a surprise. You're not going to win games without your two best players, which probably gives you an uh, idea of what to expect tonight on ESPN. They're 1-3 and 3 in games without Mitchell. Or with Mitchell, but without Gobert. 1-3 and 3 in games with Mitchell, but without Gobert. They're 1-2 and 2 in games with Gobert, but without Mitchell. And 1-1 and with both players on the floor. They beat Denver on a Sunday night. Next night, they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. So, they're about... 500 when both of the guys have been on the floor though that was a weird, you know, back-to-back Denver-LA is certainly not an easy back-to-back and, you know, LA's starting to play a little bit better that was certainly a must-win for them after their tough weekend but really, I'm not sure the Jazz are better or worse without, you know, one player or the other, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert I think this has been a good example that they need each other, the Jazz need both of these guys if they want to be successful and that just needs to continue to be the MO for this team going forward that, you know, if they want to achieve their highest, and this is not some shocking statement, those guys got to figure it out. you know. And I don't think they're not getting along. I don't feel like that's the case at all, but they've got to recognize that this isn't Donovan's team, this isn't Rudy's team. These guys just have to be out there and winning games.
2: Figure it out. Figure it out is a good way to put it. I mean, that can imply a lot of different things. You certainly need to figure it out on the floor. Yep. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, the team's two best players. They're only going to go as far as uh, Rudy and uh, Donovan take them. That's, that's always been true. And, you know, Mike Conley makes a huge difference. Obviously, he made a huge difference last year. Boyan Bogdanovich playing well makes a huge difference. All those things are, are absolutely true, but they're only going as far as those two players are taking them. And I've always thought this. The good news is, if you want to look uh, uh, on the bright side of all of this, Rudy and Donovan both have the same goal. Yep. They both want to win. I genuinely believe both of them uh, when they say that. And, you know, you alluded to this. They are a great compliment. They are to one another. They are. They are a great compliment. What one doesn't do well, the other does, and vice versa. They're not a tag team like Stockton and Malone.
1: Like they don't necessarily feed into one each other's games, but they clean up the other team, the other
2: ones. Yes, games, probably yes. better than John and Carl. Did. Right. Very complimentary. Yeah. And if you're Donovan Mitchell and you really don't want to be, I shouldn't say that because maybe want to isn't isn't entirely the case. But if you are not a, a dominant two way player. Play with Rudy. Yeah. Joe Johnson once, and I I asked him this question because he was really the first free agent that ever selected the Jazz when he had somewhere else to go. And I said, why why the Jazz? Why did you pick the Jazz? He said, I wanted to play with Rudy. You know why? Because he was 105 years old and probably didn't want to play much defense and didn't like looking stupid. Yeah. Rudy Gay might like that, too. Right. He said that that was his answer. It really surprised me. He said, I wanted to play with Rudy. Yep. And it, it makes a ton of sense. And there was Joe Johnson, who was perhaps the most well-adjusted basketball player in the history of basketball, and had an amazing perspective. And that shouldn't have surprised me in hindsight, because that's a, you know, it's a very Joe Johnson's a really smart guy, and that was a really savvy move on his part. What a playoff series for the Jazz! I mean, it was really good for him.
1: Top ten most beloved Jazz player of all time, Joe Johnson. I think so. You think so? I think so. Man, he, and he loved his time he's, here, too. He's Jazz fans' favorite mercenary player of all time. Right, like end of his career, milking a couple of extra bucks out of a team, but actually came in and helped, wasn't just stealing money, like did the opposite of steal money. He, he outperformed. He made the Jazz more money by getting them to that second round. And just getting, what, two more doors and, you know, getting yeah. the, the the TV exposure. He made the Jazz more money than whatever his $5 million. Right. <laughs> Which is a funny deal because it felt
2: like an overpay at the time, but good for him. And somebody, I, while we're on this Joe Johnson kick, uh, somebody had told him, and I don't know if he went to him and asked, like, what's it like living in Salt Lake? Or, wow, do I really want to go live there? Or, all the cliches, of course, that we hear. But somebody had told him, live in Park City. Yeah. And commute down to practice in, in the game. And he loved it. Yeah. He loved Park City. Which is City. really
1: funny. Like he played in Boston. He's played in some different cities that don't have like notoriously great traffic. Like coming from Park City to the arena, what, bad day bad day twenty five minutes? Yep. Like good day eighteen minutes, you can probably get down there if you kinda hit some lights and get on the freeway at a good time. Like LA You're three blocks away, and you're 18 minutes away. You know, like getting there, it it might feel like a longer drive because you're on the road the whole time. You're not stopping, but yeah, you can get from Park City down here if you wanted to. I'm actually a little surprised more players don't do that. They should. I'm surprised if you're going to be here long term. I get it. If you want to go live with some of these apartments downtown, if you're you know going to be here for a season or
2: two, and they get significantly more snow up there. I mean, if you if you didn't want to deal with the snow, I would certainly understand. But yeah, go live in the mountains. Some guys still live at Grand America. Is my understanding? Do they really? Yeah. I knew, like I knew, there are a couple of condo complexes downtown where guys like to live. I didn't know they actually lived in the, the Rick Majera style in the yeah. hotel. Yeah, is that true. Just stay
1: there forever. Just stay as long as you can. Maybe they were like renoing something, but I know some guys were doing some long stays at the uh, at the Grand, which is funny. All right, real quick here, we've got a uh, couple more, a bunch. How about more. how about uh, Utah Jazz Joe Johnson? Greater than Phoenix Suns Joe Johnson. I'll take that for keeping the uh, the same person in.
2: Although he was quite good in Phoenix. He was all right. I like Uh, him better in Utah. (laughs) Our buddy uh, Mikey Scotty Toddy has a bunch for us. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich greater than Tom Chambers. I mean, Tom's a Utah. How about Utah Tom Chambers greater than Phoenix Tom Chambers? Utes Tom Chambers better than Suns Tom Chambers. Uh, John Stockton greater than Paul Westfall. Rip Paul Westfall, RIP. Uh, Ricky Rubio greater than Steve Nash That's pretty funny And then uh, David brings this one in Natural Bridges Monument greater than London Bridge Oh Brilliant That's a real That's a deep dive That is a deep that's dive That's a deep cut That's going to really hurt some I, granola person I also Arizona. agree with that take How about
1: this Phil Mickelson's wife greater than Phil Mickelson
2: Yeah, all right <laughs> Right? She She's from here, right? She's she is Cougarette or something from Draper? Her dad was a listener back in the day. I don't know oh, if really? he still is. Yeah, yeah. I'll take her over Phil Mickelson
1: 10 times out of 10. Absolutely. That native Utah over Arizona and Phil Mickelson.
2: <laughs> I like this. All right. We'll uh, keep them coming. How is Utah greater than Arizona I once said
1: Grayson Allen facetiously is better than Devin Booker and Sons fans jumped on me. So keep sending them that our, our way. Which, how could you ever take that take seriously? Well, I mean, Grayson know, and Allen angry. is
2: way better than Devin Booker. <laughs> it's not even a debate. It's not even close. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Jazz at 30 update here on Jake and Ben on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Here's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking about where they can find some confidence as a team. You get confidence from playing hard and playing together. And you get confidence from having an identity. And our identity as a team has gone in and out at times this year. So that confidence will come when we continue to perform at a certain level, whether we win or lose. We've got months before that happens. and I want to be the best version of ourselves at the right time. This Jazz Update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com.
0: Who's got it better than us? No. you home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by KSL Sports.com.
2: Jacob Ann, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to do the uh, top three stories at kslsports.com. We normally do it at 11.30. We're going to do it at 10.30. We're expecting to have some jazz shoot-around sound that we're going to put uh, there in the 11 o'clock hour. And at the top of the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by the world-famous Sam Farnsworth of Channel 5. Is he... Uh, he's not over... Uh, he's not in China yet, right? I don't think so. We'll have to ask him what he's doing. Because I think he has to... There, there are some rules... He has to adhere to before he even leaves, I think. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. They're on the ground here. You have to, like, lock yourself in the bathroom for a week or something. Like it's February 4th through the 20th, so uh, what is that, a week from Tomorrow? week from Friday, I guess, probably is is when it starts. Friday the 26th are going to be the opening ceremony. So, yeah, he's going to – yeah, he probably has to make sure he's at least a week of, you know, quarantine. We'll talk to him about it. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, we appreciate, honestly, uh, the work they do because it ends up being a lot of fun coverage for KSL. Everyone loves the Olympics, and it's fun to watch it, and you always know it's going to be on NBC, so it's always fun to turn it on there. But uh, it's a lot of work. It's a big sacrifice from – from Sam and Agnesi, his whole family.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to the top three stories of the day. Brought to you by KSL Sports. Or, brought to, uh, top three stories of the day at KSL Sports.com. Brought to you by Jay Brooks Jewelers. I don't know why that was hard. <laughs> uh, let's get started, Megan. Go ahead. Number one.
1: BYU Boise State Football Series will be done after 2022 season. The story just came out from Mitch Harper at KSL Sports.com. So if you want to read more about it there, you can. Uh, you know, Boise State is a staple in the state of Utah when it comes to college football. They are... You can't tell the story of Utah and BYU football over the last two decades without also including Boise State. In fact, maybe the third or fourth most important team in those conversations.
2: I think... I I was... Well, sad is such a strong word, but I was a little bit sad when I heard that news. Not because, you know, playing Boise every year was was probably not going to be all that practical going forward, but because... I hated independence for BYU, Ben. I didn't like it. All right? Same. I, I, you know, a lot of people out there really made the best of it and would argue with me about what was best for BYU's program. And, and eventually, you know, maybe it was best to be independent and sure. hold out for the Big 12, you know? Uh, but the actual time, the decade of BYU being independent, I thought made BYU less interesting. 100%. But one of the saving graces of independence for BYU was playing Boise State every year and establishing that as more of a rivalry. And I absolutely think uh, both schools were successful in doing that. There was always something that was going to be interesting about BYU season and vice versa for Boise State. It was always going to be a good game. We saw some classic moments. Um, It was always hard fought. Uh, there are a lot of BYU fans uh, that that live in Idaho, so there was that element to it, where the communities. I mean, it's not like BYU in Utah, but the the communities were intertwined in a sense, and it was very it was very interesting. It was a it was a productive thing. Uh, if it were a perfect world, I'd love to see BYU play Boise State every year. I, I understand why that can't happen, but I will miss that series. But.
1: As soon as it became convenient for BYU that they didn't need Boise State See anymore. Ya. See ya! Nope, don't need you anymore. No love lost there. And look, I'm sure the you know the ADs of both programs know each other. I'm sure there's some congeniality there. But yeah, you don't need them anymore. You move on. You got the Big 12. You don't need Boise State at all. Boise State was consistently one of the best opponents that would bring some cachet with a win if you were BYU and Independence. And now you don't need wins that get you cachet. In your non-conference schedule. You just need to beat your big 12 opponents when they end up on the schedule in a couple of years. Nothing else matters. It is going to
2: make Boise State more irrelevant not playing BYU every year. I agree. Well, that was the great part about the series is it was really mutually beneficial. Boise State needed a way to juice up their schedule because they don't play in a great conference. I'm not trying to to, uh, crap on the Mountain West here, but Boise State needed more credibility and BYU needed a game and needed a good opponent. I'm looking at some
1: of Boise State's future non-conference opponents. So 2022 is going to be the last year that they play BYU. 2023 they have Washington, that's a good game. They have Central Florida, that's going to be good because, you know, they're going to have the Big 12 cachet at that point. But then, yeah, it's like, you know, they got Oregon. They got Oregon State. They've got some good games coming up. Uh, But but you're right when it comes to conference play. Unfortunately, and again, no knock on uh, the Mountain West Conference, but San Jose State, UNLV, Hawaii, New Mexico, Wyoming. It's not turning a lot of heads anymore. Now, Boise State's going to do – Boise State's going to be funny because they're going to do what we thought BYU might do if they go back to the Mountain West Conference, which I think the expectation is run the table. But man, look at how good Utah State's been the last couple of years. Maybe that's just actually not going to be in the cards for Boise State. Maybe it won't be as easy as we thought it would have been for the Cougars.
2: The other thing uh, BYU did for Boise was they sold tickets. You'd be surprised, but Boise doesn't sell out their stadium every game, which is weird. You know, I was up there when
1: I was driving up to uh, Portland to visit a friend when I was maybe in high school, maybe late high school, just out. I think he was in college, so we were just after high school. And we drove up. And we stopped in Boise because it kind of makes sense. And I walked onto the field in the middle of the night. Like, for whatever reason, the gates were just unlocked. So, like, yeah, it's not – like, you can't go into Rice-Eccles Stadium. But we were in Boise. We didn't party. I was young anyways. Like, we were just like, well, let's go see the the football stadium. And I walked – on. I just walked there. I just, like, walked onto it, I feel like. It was – I probably shouldn't have been there, but I didn't. It wasn't, it would be like if you walked onto a high school stadium field in the middle of the night, like you wouldn't feel like you're trespassing. Maybe the school wouldn't want you there, but it didn't feel like there was anyone stopping us from being there. That's weird, but to your point, it's not like it's this sacred ground. It's not like this holy land in Boise that people don't want you going to the games. It's not this very sturdy building that's impossible to get into. It has a little bit more of a high school feel.
2: Where else have you trespassed Ben
1: Oh, our, oh we don't have enough time in the segment, and I'm serious about that any Any place else interesting you ever uh, you know let me think of the most interesting place I've trespassed i'll I'll tell that story on the air. Let me think really? but I have to like figure it out' because it's yeah. Megan, you uh, you uh, a trespasser? You, or a truant of any kind? I am not, no. No. You've never been in trouble? That's not what she said. <laughs> she paused there because
2: she was thinking, well, I didn't say I've never been in trouble. Jake, trespasser? I'm trying to think of the most interesting place I've ever trespassed. I'm not really a trespasser. Huh. No, I don't mind a little
1: trespassing. I feel like there should like, be... Like, don't break into this arena, even though I just said I broke into the Boise State Stadium and I didn't really break into it, but like, I'm... Because I grew up skateboarding, you kind of develop a lack of interest in what other people's rules are for you. And then you can carry those over to a certain point in your life where you say, like, those apply to some people. I'm not sure they apply to me. And it was harmless. I was never trying to cause trouble. But I honestly kind of just had this inquisitive curiosity of just saying, like, well, let's go see what's in there. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. But I understand now that that was a little naive of me. (laughs) Let me think about it. I'll have an answer before the end of the show.
2: All right, Megan. Number two. Number two.
1: David Ortiz elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He belongs. Absolutely, he belongs. You can't, again, tell the story of baseball without talking about David Ortiz. But it's weird that he... We know he did steroids. He, he had a positive test pop up. Now, it was kind of anonymous that it popped up. It wasn't like it through was the league. It was supposed to be anonymous. And it came out that he was doing steroids. And baseball writers, who are notoriously difficult voted for him first ballot hall of famer and still won't put in clemens still won't put in maguire sosa and of course the most famous one because this was his last opportunity and if you just look at the numbers alone he's the greatest baseball player of all
2: time barry a rod's not in hypocrisy is a thing ben and it honestly and this is cynical me i guess but it makes me take Things way less seriously, like like baseball writers take themselves so seriously. That's my problem. It's, it's extraordinarily obnoxious. But but why? I'm fine with leaving the steroid era. I guys think you out. and I are on the exact same page. Leave them out
1: if you don't want to have those guys in. And you say that's not the game. We didn't let Pete Rose in. He broke the rules. You don't get to come in. But you don't get to pick and choose. You
2: like <laughs> David Ortiz? You like the guy? know he's, he's jovial. And, I love. And, yeah, um, I love Big best buzz player of all time, possibly. Probably. Yeah. I mean. But you can't, just because Barry Bonds was an Henri son of a gun. Right. And Roger Clemens was extraordinarily unlikable. Alex Rodriguez is extraordinarily unlikable. So you say, well, steroids hard. We drew our line in the sand and there's no crossing it. But ah, David Ortiz makes me laugh, so I'm going to put him in. Yeah. I I don't get that. I don't get that. It's so, so stupid. And I am adamant that Pete Rose should never get into the Hall of Fame. But the more that these stories come on, the more I kind of go, who cares? Because what's the standard? What does it even mean? You know?
1: But like, you know, and he's not the only guy who's in the Hall of Fame. Like Piazza is in the Hall of Fame, right? And got popped for using PEDs. Like he was using Andro when everybody
2: else was. Yeah, but all these mouth-breathing writers loved him. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy.
1: So that is the funny thing. It comes down to these personal biases in the Hall of Fame, which they so argue out of one side of their mouths that it's numbers. You have to be elite. You're not going to let Dale Murphy in, though he's got two MVPs, batting titles. Like, you're not going to let Dale Murphy in even though he was the nicest guy who's ever walked this planet, and an incredibly good player, because you're going to say he doesn't have the numbers, but then these other guys have the numbers, but have the roids, and you're going to say, well, he's a nice guy, so we're going to let him in. Like, it's, it's too many different things, and I'm right. There is n- Other than the NCAA, and maybe even more so than the NCAA, the most obnoxious and corrupt organization is the Baseball Writers of America, who vote for the Hall of Fame. Corrupt? corrupt in the sense that like they make up the rules as they go they are clearly operating with this bizarre set of rules that don't make any sense which is in some sense the the you know definition of corruption okay all right they are not stealing money from anybody
2: i mean their their sense of self-importance i think is is way off is, is pretty is pretty amazing um Okay, corrupt, sure. Yeah, they're sure, doing it for not? their
1: own personal gain. They are doing it for themselves to prove that like, they are this higher ground, but they seem to pick and choose those rules as they go. They make it up as they're
2: going. Well, right down to the, they don't want anybody to be unanimous, too. Like, there yes. was some guy who was like, all right, I'll, I'll bite the bullet, guys. I'll I'll vote against Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, or whatever. Right. We won't the, put, again, Jeter. We're not going to put Jeter in. What, Riviera... Riv, Mariano. Mariano. Riviera was unanimous, and he was like the first unanimous... the only unanimous ever. Ever. Okay.
1: Yeah. I get it. He And he's the greatest closer of all time. But there are also other guys who we knew were the greatest at their position of all time. But
2: yeah. Not putting Griffey in. It's, okay. It's kind of like the Academy... Good take. ...not wanting to give Tom Hanks another Best Actor award because right. nobody's ever won three. Right. Or Scor- they didn't want to give
1: Scorsese for whatever reason yeah. the best picture for a long time. Or directing... His, directing not... Either
2: it is or it isn't. It's not. I'm with you. But but here's the thing with the steroid. Leave them out. Leave them all out. I'm fine with it. But you liked David Ortiz, so all of a sudden you say, "Well, he didn't." You know, it was supposed to be anonymous, so it's not really his fault. It's like, wait, when, since when does that matter? Correct. <laughs> when does it matter? Whether it's like, well, it's not really fair because it was supposed to be anonymous and it was just leaked. And it's like, well, why should you get in trouble? for a crime somebody saw you committed. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you go to jail for a crime that somebody else noticed? Number three. Let's do it. Number three.
1: Denver Broncos expected to sell for an enormous sum.
2: Uh, the highest ever. The Broncos, um, if you've uh, kind of not followed it, the Broncos, have uh, the, their owner passed and there's been some drama within the family about exactly who is going to be in charge i guess yes. and now eventually they're just going to have to sell the team so
1: finally it went through a, like a whole legal yeah. battle right and they decided ultimately yes it could be for sale they, they they finally got untangled all the wires and said okay now you can sell this team
2: now the expected valuation on the franchise bin brace yourself 3.8 mm-hmm. billion dollars billion now here's the scary thing that's
1: the evaluation sometimes teams have a valuation and they sell for more than
2: that. Oh, they're ste- not going to sell for less than that. Steve Ballmer. Correct. The Clippers were like not... Doubled about. the price the Clippers. Yes, because he just didn't want to be outbid. So he, right. he, it was one of those things where he's like, hey, I'll just pay this. And set a very high bar. And now the Broncos are going to go for $3.8 billion, and they're maybe more, as you point out, and they're probably worth every penny. Uh, you've seen Jeff Bezos might get involved? Do we need Bezos in the NFL? No. Jay-Z potentially involved? He, he already runs enough of the world. Uh could Jay Z actually get involved? He'd have to sell his agency.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Does he can he not get included in that still? Does he still own too much of the whatever the rich Paul is it Rich Paul that no, he's no, doing no. He with? He does Rock got Nation. His, he does Rock He Nation. has his
2: own. He'd have to I think he'd have to 100 percent sell out of that. It's the reason he started Rock Nation and had to sell his share got of the, rid nets, of the nets. nets, you're right. Because you can't you can't have uh, your foot in both worlds. So I think somebody like Jay Z would be great for the NFL. I don't know what kind of owner base this would be, I have no clue. I mean, he has enough dough, obviously. Um, but how about this uh, for an interesting part of the story? It will also lead to whoever buys the team will have a three billion dollar tax write off, which is the biggest tax write off oh in uh, the history of our fair country. Not too bad. The NFL doesn't pay
1: taxes. There's weird things about the NFL and their tax laws too. They've got some weird ones that they've written in that have been
2: very complimentary to the to the. Well, owning, owning sports franchises is very lucrative on I mean, a number of different levels. Yes, yes, That's why if you ever hear a, you know, baseball is locked out right now, right? Or, you know, next time the NBA goes through a lockout or the NFL or whatever and, and owners claim that, uh, wow, we're just, we're scraping by. I mean, you should see the, the, the ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's, the,
1: yeah, that's a lie. There are people who have lost money owning teams. Sam Battistone probably didn't make money owning the Utah Jazz, but... That was forty years ago and now everyone different makes money by you know, different. no one's scraping to get by. Don't buy an arena football league team. You'll go broke. That's a bad idea. Arena football is gonna steal all your money. But if you can get your hands on an NFL team and hold on to them for a decade, you're gonna be fine.
2: Remember Paul Allen of all people decided during the last NBA lockout that he was going to be the vocal guy, that he could be the bad guy and and speak up for the owners or whatever and his whole thing was, you yeah, know, I was just barely making any money. You should see our our balance sheet. I mean, we're lucky to be in business. It's like, you're Paul Allen. Right. Right. Oh, man. All right. We want to remind you about our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming soon. Take care of that special person in your life with flowers from Jimmy's Flowers. Order early for the best selection at jimmy'sflowers.com or visit them in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden. That's Jimmy's Flowers. More Jake and Ben coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
0: The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs>
2: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It is a win ticket Wednesday. Let's give out a family four-pack of tickets to go see the Grizz. The Utah Grizzlies uh, at the Maverick Center coming up on February 4th. If you want to go out there, 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE.
1: All right, Jake. I'm going to give you some young jazz players that are on the roster right now. You tell me three years from now who's going to be the best player. Oh, I thought you were going group. to say,
2: are they better than Devin Booker? And I would say all of them. All of them are. All of them. Unquestionably. Uh, who's going to be the best? All right, I'm ready. So I'm going to give you
1: the names. Kay. Trent Forrest, Eric Paschal, Jared Butler, Elijah Hughes, and I'll even throw out this name even though he's not a young person. He was born in 1993. Daniel House. Eric Paschal. You think is going to be the best player of that group in three years? Correct. Interesting. Is he going to be on the Jazz? I mean, it's hard to know who's going to be on Probably the team in not. three years. Probably not. The safe bet is nobody that's on this roster is still going to be on the Jazz in three years. Now, I would say there's exceptions to that. Rudy Gobert will still be here. I have a hard time imagining that's not going to be the case. But
2: Well, Pascal's already much better than those other players, so he's probably the safe one to bet on. Plus, he's physically more unique than the rest of those players. So, I will go with Pascal. I mean, you, now, you maybe you think Jared Butler develops into something special sure. and eventually is better than Pascal, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet. On I him.
1: mean, I, you could make a case for all of them. I mean, I think... The fact that the lowest bust potential might be—I mean, Daniel House isn't a bust. He's in the league, so maybe I should throw Daniel House off this list. He's—you're in the league for five years, like you're getting the pension. You're an NBA player. You've made it. But I think you can make a case that Trent Forrest is the safest bet because he just plays defense and he can run an offense. Like I know what he can do in the NBA to help a team, and those guys stick around. Brevin Knight, you know, there is an—the NBA is full of steady point guards who aren't spectacular. Don't average 20 points a game, but figure out a way to get by. DeLon Wright's still in the league. And, you know, I think it's not crazy to think that Trent Forrest, with a little bit more development, continues to be a guy like DeLon Wright, who's still going to be in the NBA for another three or four seasons, at the very least. So I think you could make that argument. I think Elijah Hughes, with his size and his shooting... Could be a real asset. He could be a Royce O'Neill type of player if he continues to develop, and that's not crazy. I would say Jared Butler probably has the highest ceiling, but Eric Pascal could be a good player on a championship team. You know, the seventh or eighth guy. Like, I think he does have that type of talent because he's pretty unique with his size, and the league is trending more to where it might embrace a player like that more and more as it
2: develops. Should he play more?
1: I like him in the small lineups with Rudy Gay at the five. Or maybe he's in with, even at the five, and you pull out the center, and then Rudy Gay can uh, operate against you know the smaller defender who's guarding
2: him. So, Quinn Snyder agrees with you uh, about his role. So, far be it for me to disagree with Quinn Snyder, but I think he's wrong. You think he's what? I think Pascal is a big three that you send out there to guard the other team's best wing, to make them tired. So you like him more on the defensive side of the I ball. I want... Dude, if LeBron has to lean on Eric Paschal sure. for 15 minutes, sure. that's how you slow down LeBron. Sure. LeBron, I, I Quinn wants to use him as a center, which I understand why, right. but it's also the reason that Paschal doesn't play because he's playing Rudy Gobert, or Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gay yes. in that role instead of yes. Paschal. I think Paschal needs to be in a big lineup I think he needs to be your three when you go big because they don't have very many lineups to go big, frankly, because they don't have a lot of big players. And I think if you're looking at how do you go out and defend a dynamic wing in this league, and maybe Pascal has a tough time staying in front of the LeBrons of the world, but I also will tell you LeBron James would much rather play against Boyan Bogdanovich yes. than Eric Paschal. Because Pascal's gonna lean on you. I think that's fair. I
1: think the problem with Pascal at the three and with the reason Quinn Snyder doesn't like playing him there is because he doesn't
2: space the floor. Because he can't shoot. Yeah. I and that's it. the that's the number one but reason. But he's all you know, we're talking about the head coach that decided to start Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert next yeah. to each other for yep. four years or whatever it was. Yep. So spare me.
1: Yeah. No, I, and I do think that's the reason, but I am with you. I think you can
2: embrace different ways to play the game. So I think, I think they should use him in a big lineup, which they probably won't do for the reason that you're talking about, uh, spacing. But yeah. think about defense for a minute. How
1: and he, s- his activity, at the very least, helps. And then, again, that is something that Quinn Snyder mentioned the other day after the loss to Phoenix, was that just they played hard. And that's something they need to control for the rest of the year. But you know what? Playing hard is contagious. Just like being lazy is contagious. Yep. You get a bunch of guys who are loafing it out there because they've been in the league for a decade, and they say, like, I know when I have to try, I know when I don't have to try. But you have a guy who's been in the league for two seasons, three seasons, like Pascal, like Trent Forrest, like Daniel House, who's fighting for his life to make get another 10-day contract, and those guys are running around like their hair's on fire, that is also contagious, and that will also help. And you know what? You need to have those guys mixed in, which is why I do think, beyond just that he's a freakish talent, don't get me wrong, but when you get a Kawhi Leonard to step in and play with a Tim Duncan and a Tony Parker and a Manu Ginobili, who had probably lost a word that the Jazz like to use a lot recently, juice. They'd lost a lot of their juice. You have a guy out there who's playing like a crazy person. All of a sudden it reinvigorated that team beyond just a, a huge influx of talent.
2: Well, and the other thing, uh, the way that they could use Pascal, in my opinion, which also Quinn Snyder is never going to do, is that he is he's fouls. Like Jerry Sloan always used to say, yeah. it, go in there and knock somebody on their ass. Yeah. Let's take Dallas, for example. I mean, send Pascal in there to foul Luka Doncic four times in a row down the floor. <laughs> take this. Seriously
1: Oh I, we, we saw it what was, I, I said it last week And then we ended up Seeing it on Monday night or Maybe it was even Monday And we saw it Monday night We said you only take One charge a game From Eric Pascal. And someone did it And then I think It was Stanley Johnson And it got and hurt And that's it <laughs> you Yeah he got hurt, you got hurt. Like, That's right He got hurt I mean, Now he fell I think he hit his head On another player's knee But I was like Yeah he's gonna knock you Into next week Don't take a charge From him right. again Like you get to You made the right play you're not going to make the right play next time. Nope. You don't want to get hurt. You're not going to. And he, it. Eric's not trying to hurt you. He's, he's just huge. He's six six. He's two hundred and sixty pounds, and he plays like
2: a bowling ball. He's built like Dick Butkus. Yeah, right. right. And he will run through you. So I don't think they use that enough. By the way, do you follow Dick Butkus on the Twitter? I saw that. I don't follow him, but I saw that he's now on verified. Twitter being- well, he's
1: been on Twitter, and he got mad that he wasn't verified. He didn't have the little blue check mark. Like he wasn't famous enough to be verified and then he did it and then unfortunately for Megan he started trolling Green Bay Packers fans because he hates Aaron Rodgers
2: It is. Or he hates Green Bay it so. is hilarious he's only like one of the what five ten best players in NFL history yeah. he's like what do I gotta do and funny to be that old on Twitter uh, no offense because I think you are a blue check mark thing but I I find that whole concept dumb I'm not a blue check mark Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm I was. am so proud of you. That's the
1: funny thing. I was at the first station, and then when I switched stations or switched jobs, they took it away from me. Did they really? Yeah. So I've been both. I've got the best of both worlds. I did know you have to beg like. for
2: it to get it in the first place? Because that's what I hear, or I think every time I see one, is when like, you, you beg Twitter
1: for that? worked with a woman in sales who had people at Twitter that she knew, uh, and she said, if you guys want it, you just have to change your official email. I said, okay. Sure. I did, and they still took it away from me. So, bureaucracy, red tape. Will you please verify that I I'm need important, to be verified. Enough,
2: important enough to have a blue check mark?
1: I do want one on my gravestone, though, a blue check mark.
2: Do you? Oh, yeah. When I'm dead, Ben Anderson was check. verified. Important verified, enough. Verified dead. Stay tuned. Sam Farnsworth joins us next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.